Hello, everybody. I just wanted to say Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year before the episode gets started. And uh, safe travels to everybody who's traveling this holiday season. And um, yeah, this is a special Merry Christmas episode that uh, just I, I figured I would put it out on uh, Christmas Day. I, I initially had planned on putting it out Christmas Eve, but it didn't work out that way. But nonetheless, it's here. Um, I got a chance to talk to actor Jimmy Dempster and talked about some of his film um, projects that he's working on and uh, um, just just talked about horror stuff in general. Um, but yeah, it was a fun episode. <clears throat> Liked having him on and uh, and talking about horror movies and stuff is it, a good time and uh, hopefully we'll have him on again in the future and maybe he can talk to us more about his uh, new film he's working on uh, Killer Babes in the Frightening Film Fiasco which I'm excited to, to check out but I want to stop talking now and uh, we'll get to the main episode thanks everybody Listening to the Rude Horror Podcast with your host, Marcus Rude. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm your host, Marcus Rude. And today we have a very special guest on this Christmas episode. And uh, he's worked on TV shows such as Devious Maids, Swamp Murders, Catch a Killer, and ATL Homicide. He's also been in movies such as One Night of Fear, Rockabilly Zombie Weekend, Dark Roads 79, and his latest short horror film, The Box. He's also working on a movie filled with a bunch of screen queens called Killer Babes and the Frightening Film Fiasco. Please welcome Mr. Jimmy Dempster. Yeah. yeah damn, man. That's a hell of a buildup. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, good well, to hear from you. You're a on here, so I had to had to talk you up a little bit. <laughs> that's pretty cool, man. The inaugural guest for the Root Horror Show. That's pretty rad, man. Yeah, man. I'm I'm excited to have you on here and uh, talk Me about. Too. Like I said, like I said, anybody who's got the picture of uh, Doctor Frost from Class of '99 as their uh, profile picture on social media <laughs> is a friend of mine, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a deep yeah, cut. A lot of people know about that flick. You know? Not enough. It, it's one of those. It's one of those movies that uh, a lot of people just don't really talk about. But man, it, it's it's a classic. I think. Yeah, I think if you were coming up, I was set. Come out in the what eighty nine? I think it was. I'm about a 10, 11 years old at the time. So anybody who was a kid of the eighties, I think, is that's definitely who had the HBO late night. Right. HBO used to do those. Uh, oh man, they used to have this thing. I think every Friday and Saturday night they used to have this block that they would do these like straight. To, nowadays they'd be considered. Straight to Netflix or something like that, but or like Amazon Prime, but they had these exclusives, and that was one of the staples. Man, the first time I saw that, I was like, "Yeah, Blackheart for life!" <laughs> right? Oh man, it's, I, I, to this day, I love that movie. I've run into uh, Bradley Gregg. I've run into him at conventions and stuff like that. Talk about it. Oh wow! Yeah, it's good That's stuff. Awesome. Yeah, and it's one of those movies. It's not like. Uh... I don't, it's kind of got like uh, Escape from New York vibes to it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, it's funny seeing that uh, that movie 
it was uh, um, based in like Seattle, Washington, rather than like L.A. or New York or, you know, it's yeah. kind of a random spot. Yeah, I mean, kind of uh, maybe kind of basically. So, like you said, it wouldn't be a little too on the nose. Like uh, it's kind of like it takes like 1984, like the gang high school vibe and throws in a little bit of that escape from mm-hmm. New York or L.A. type vibe. But yeah, it was just when I first saw that, man, I was like, man, this is crazy. The two gangs. And then at the end, when they have to team up and they got to go into the school. Right. And fight, fight the robot. I was like, dude, this is the greatest freaking movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I love movies right. like that. I've always loved movies like that. And all it's yeah. done is I've gotten older. Those are the kind of movies I want to work on now. You know? Oh, oh, for sure. I, I, I would love to see more movies kind of are more like that. Just like the... Uh, some like the gritty sci-fi actionness to it, and uh, you know, you don't really see a lot of movies like those anymore. Nah, and you gotta look they're out there, yeah, but they're not as well known. They're they're not as more uh, as mainstream as they sh- as I think they should be. But then again, I think that's what that's part of their charm too. You know, if they go against right. the grain, that's what I like about them. They're not too oh, sure. uh, too. Uh, uh, glamorized and stylized. Mm-hmm. They won't in anytime soon. I hope <laughs> <laughs> they remake that movie, man. I don't know. Uh, that would be that would be awesome, actually. But I mean, they have to. They'd have to do it right. Like maybe not as much CGI. I would love to see more practical effects back. Yeah, me too. I'm a huge practical effects guy. It's just growing up in the '80s, '90s. I mean, that's that's it. That's what we had, and it's right. still. I think it still holds up today. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was I was kind of watching a little bit of it the other day, just cause, you know, just because we were talking about it a little bit over social media, and I was like, yeah, I need to visit that one again because it is such a good movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They put that DVD out. I think Lionsgate put it out a couple years back. I picked that up, and I was like, yeah, finally, because for the longest time that wasn't available anywhere. I had the old VHS tape, I had the old mm-hmm. Vestron. Video cassette tape that I had, uh, VHS tape that I've had forever, and that was getting worn out. And uh, it was like that and The Perfect Weapon with uh, Jeff Speakman. That was another one that was possible to get on, like Blu-ray or DVD. So <laughs> they finally released, I think, they finally released uh, Class of 99. They did a good DVD on that a few years ago. I grabbed that, and then I think The Perfect Weapon, I think, is still only available, like, on an overseas like region one or whatever <laughs> code free blu-ray i'm like damn man uh. i'm sure like uh some someone will pick it up one of these days like vinegar syndrome or shout factory that's what i'm hoping for olive anybody red shirt me and it's somebody like that yeah shout factory they're good for stuff like that mm-hmm. maybe get a documentary on there too you know oh yeah yeah i love when they start packing in uh a lot of the special features, you know, featuring maybe the director or actors that haven't really done anything in a long time. And then, you know, them coming back and putting more content in on on that yeah. stuff is really cool to watch. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so uh, what are some of the horror movies that you've seen lately? Is there any that stick out to you that that you really like? I seen the, um, we saw this movie recently called uh, Audition. Not Audition. Was it Audition? Um, Takashi Mike. No, no, not not the old, not the uh, not Audition, not that one. 
Uh, perfection. I think it was called the Perfection. I, was, I got confused because the girl's playing the. Uh, she's playing the instrument on the on the uh, the front cover of the. When you go through the Netflix queue, you see it on there. And I was like, "What's this all about?" And it was it was one of those movies that was sold as like a body horror kind of almost Cronenberg kind of thing. But when you watch it, it's it goes a completely other way. It, it turns into like a deep psychological crazy. It just gets crazier as it goes on. And it's hmm. one of those occasions where you where you watch a movie that you were watching a movie because it was sold to you one way. And then after by the end of it, it, it goes a completely other direction. But it, it just works. You know, you're not, you don't walk out of there going, oh, man, that's not what I expected. That movie sucked. You know, a lot yeah. of times this happens. But this went a whole other way. And it was just it was a really good, well-crafted, active horror film, psychological horror film. It's got some good stuff in there, too. It's got some it's got some blood, got the red stuff. <laughs> awesome, man. It was really yeah. good. I definitely recommend that one. Mm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I haven't seen that one yet. Yeah, it come out earlier. I think it come out earlier this year. But that's the one that I remember most recently seeing that I really, really, really dug. Awesome, um, man. That's about it. I haven't been to see much of anything else, like uh, to the theaters. There hasn't really been anything. Like they, you know what I mean? Like they, they threw that Black Christmas out like last week or whatever it was, and I stayed far away from that. Yeah, <laughs> like I don't want nothing to do with this. You know, the marketing <laughs> telling me no, it's not for me. Like I'm good, uh, and you know, I, I apparently did really bad too. So everybody else probably saw that and they said, "No, I'm good." Yeah, I heard some really mixed reviews about it, and uh, haven't had a chance to see it. I'll probably see it when it comes on video or something. You know, straight to video maybe. But uh, I, I prefer the original over any of them <laughs> yeah the original is good original doesn't get enough credit i don't think i just had this conversation not long ago too the other day with a buddy of mine and um <clears throat> i actually put up the post on on instagram <clears throat> i said uh it was a kind of like a one-on-one -on -one thing it was like who do you got you know 1974 or the 2005 2006 the the uh was it glenn morgan remake that i, I actually really liked i liked the remake too because yeah, it's like it splashy and it's got good effects but uh everybody was leaning more toward the 1974 version and i was just like yeah i'm with you on that but i mean at the time when the remake came out it, it was it was the same thing it got crapped on nobody wanted anything to do with it and it, it you know failed i guess but now with this one out now doing as bad as it was i have a feeling people are going to start talking about it more often if anything it oh. just brings more attention to the original oh right right i was watching the the joe bob uh red christmas special and their first uh episode was black christmas so uh i was watching a little bit of that last night and it it still holds up pretty good i i enjoyed it yeah yeah it's the template man it, it like because it's a four years before halloween so it's one of those right. films where it started off something i mean halloween you know of course the blockbuster the one that makes all the money gets gets all the notoriety you know gets all the credit but people i think people forget or they don't know a lot of people aren't even aware of it. They've heard of it, but you know, but it's Halloween that gets all the attention. And I guess, I guess rightfully so. But um, yeah, Black Christmas was one of the first movies that set the template, like the POV, you know, the POV right. shots and the you know the theater of the mind kind of thing. It's not really not a gory film, kind of like Halloween, very light on gore, but started that kind of template for where the movies would go into the eighties. They would just cut loose a little more with the special effects. You know? All right score and the 
stat, all the, just the shots and the angles. Like I said, the POV and stuff like that, setting up the killer. Yeah, very good old school horror film. What's crazy about it is he's the same director as A Christmas Story. Bob Clark, yeah, right. <laughs> so it was a few years later he did A Christmas Story, and I was like, you can almost tell though, man, because I remember as a kid, like there was some there was some pretty crazy stuff in there. Like when he goes to meet Santa for the first time, and there's that weird trippy scene where he's like, oh, oh, oh. And it's like, yeah. it's a little hairy as a kid seeing that. You're like, ooh, that came out of nowhere. Or when the, when the kid's flipping out because he got a C plus on his test, and he looks over in the corner and he sees his teacher there and his mom, and she's dressed as a witch. <laughs> yeah. Like, pretty <laughs> uh, yeah. That's I a classic movie. That family's hilarious. It's all in the family. <laughs> Like the Christmas version. <laughs> yeah. So, um, do you have like a favorite horror movie? Like, I know I, I mentioned about uh, um, the movies you've seen recently, but like, do you have like, I mean, I know it's a hard question to ask, but do you have a favorite horror movie or does any just kind of pop up to you that you consider a favorite? Yeah. I mean, my always my go-to every time when when I get asked this question is always The Exorcist. Yeah, the original. And knows a lot of people. Oh, it's not a horror film. It's like, yeah. Well, I don't know, man. I got two daughters, and I know that uh, if I walked into the room and if I saw the one of their heads spinning around and puking at me, man, that's a fucking horror movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a horror film all the way. So, yeah, nobody wants to see that and doing whatever else she was doing in the movie too. So that's a horror film to me. But, oh, uh, for sure, I'm with you. I'm with you yeah. on that. And that's, uh, yeah, that's not really disputed, but people mention it sometimes. But that's my go-to because it's like, to me, you know, William Freakin, his his style, you watch that film and it's just, it's the perfect setup. You know what I mean? It starts off a certain way. It's very nice. I got those shots of downtown Georgetown. You know, she's walking with her daughter. Her daughter's a perfect little apple-faced girl next door. And then, bang, when they pull the rug out from under you, man, and it was marketed perfectly, too. Nowadays, they would have gave everything away in the trailer. You've seen the trailer, and you would have seen. But if you remember those old trailers for the original Exorcist, they didn't show anything. They showed, like, the, the maybe the bed shaking, and then, like, the, you know, and then the guy comes to the father, comes to the door, she opens the door, and then it cuts, and that's it. They didn't show anything. Bunch of noise. If you look back at that old, that original trailer for that, they didn't show her freaking out. They didn't show Reagan. They didn't show any of that shit. Now they would have gave all the money shots away, expecting people to file in for the weekend, but mm-hmm. opening weekend. But no, that was perfect, perfect horror film. And the effects, like all, like you said earlier, practical effects, all Dick Smith stuff still holds up. It's just, and again, the documentary style of freaking just, it just felt so real. Uh huh. Have, have you seen his, uh, I think it's been out for a few years, but his documentary on, uh, a real life exorcism. I keep avoiding that, man. I, I have seen it over the years. It's like supposedly based on a real case. Yeah, like like it's like a documentary. Like he's filming it during this priest giving this lady an exorcist or an exorcism. Oh wow! Yeah, I've seen. I remember seeing the ads for it, but I was like, I don't know. I wasn't mm-hmm. sure with the the time. Of day. I didn't know how much of it was like stylized and how much was, you know. For for effect, because it's it's a movie, it's got to sell, you know. So, right. Well, yeah. So I mean, it's, it's got him in there talking about the history of the Exorcist, but then you know, it dives into he's actually filming 
you know, the priest giving an exorcism to the lady. And we didn't watch the whole thing yet, but it was pretty intense from what we saw. What's it called again? Um, yeah, well, I'm going to look that up real quick. It, uh, yeah, I could find it. I just, uh, it actually slipped off my radar for a while. I was like, nah, I'm not going to. But uh, I'll have to check it out again because I, I, I like his work. I like anything he puts out. Right. Yeah. If, yeah. If you if you look up William Friedkin, I'm sure it'll pop up. It's something something with father in the title. Yeah. Exorcism or whatever. Like, yeah. Um, yeah, I might check that out. <clears throat> Actually, I forgot about it. I kind of put it out of my mind. <laughs> yeah, it, it's on Netflix, or it still yeah. should be on Netflix. I'm not trying to use up too much time, but I thought maybe it would just pop up. Uh. Yeah, I'll check it out on IMDb. I'll pull it up. <clears throat> as soon as I see the name, I'll know. I'll remember. I'll be like, oh, yeah, that one. Okay, I'll check it out. Uh, this, it's called The Devil and Father Amor. That's right, yeah. I knew they had to put devil or exorcism or somewhere in the title. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's, it's got to have a selling point at some point. Yep. Uh, I'm sure that went through all the name changes, marketing. So, uh, more maybe about, like, your career, maybe uh, some of the stuff that you've done. Like, uh, what was it like working on uh, The Box, for instance, your newer one? Or Box, yeah. <clears throat> um, that was funny, man, because that actually just – we. We were living in, I was living in Florida at the time, and the following year, it was, I want to say 2016, we finished that, and that we were getting ready to leave for, I uh, was getting ready to come from Florida to Georgia, we we're going to relocate, because I started pursuing this thing, acting full-time, right around 2015, so I got my first gig, the Swamp Murders gig, and I had to come down to Georgia, they were shooting here. And I didn't mind making the trip, a lot of, but a lot of times they don't fly you in, you know. A lot of times you got to get there on your own, depending on the project. And I came down and shot that. I was here for a couple of days, about a week. We shot that, and then I came back, and I was like, that was really cool. And um, we just got tired of traveling back and forth. Not tired of it, I mean, we would have done it, but it just made more sense to me at the time to just say, hey, we, you know, we're not cemented here. We don't have a house or anything. Why don't we just relocate? And that's what we did. Um, and right before a couple months, halfway through the year, whatever it was, um, my buddy Lee, who directed Box and uh, pretty much wrote it, co-wrote it, said that he was getting ready to move too. He was getting ready to move to Thailand to pursue his film career out there. And he's doing really well now. Oh, wow. And my DP, Brant, he was another friend of ours who he was getting ready to move too. He was getting ready to head out to Tennessee, or I think, or somewhere. So not too far from me now, but. At the time, we were all just kind of scattering, going our own separate ways. And we had just finished um, a film that is actually going to be retitled now because it got there was a studio involved. And um, we just wanted to do something without all the trappings of a studio and all the money and too many cooks, you know. Right. A lot, of, a lot of hands in the project we just got done finishing. And it's been bouncing around for a couple of years. But uh, we're like, why don't we just do something, the three of us? before we kind of split off and do our own kind of thing. And everybody agreed. We're like, yeah, that sounds cool. We'll 
what can we do? Well, why don't we come up with something that's combines all of our favorite genres? You know, we'll throw art house, horror, obviously, suspense, like mystery, thriller, and kind of throw it in there in a nice little package. And, you know, the idea of a, a box just came into mind. We're like, you know, you got to like a lot of movies have a gimmick, you know, like Wish Upon or something like that. But I was like, we could use something like that, but not make it too gimmicky. You know, I don't want to make it all about this like box, but it's kind of, it's kind of, you know, the idea of Pandora's box came to mind, you know, and that whole idea around that. I was like, yeah, we could probably make something out of that. So right. we got together in a couple of weeks, we come up with a, an outline and we just kind of started shooting on weekends and it just started evolving over time. we like came up with ideas and where it can go and, um, what kind of shot we were going to do that day. It's like, hey, I got this great idea. How about we do this? And everything just kind of worked. And we shot about a little over an hour's worth of footage. So we had almost like a, a feature because anything over about 60 minutes is considered a feature. Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah, this could work. But as we were starting to take a look at it, uh, Lee was editing it down and we were looking at some stuff. I'm like, yeah, that doesn't really fit. And yeah, we, we don't really need that, you know. So instead of trying to make something a feature film, we cut it down to about 28, 29 minutes, just under 30 minutes, and uh, made a real, real kick-ass short film. Yeah, uh, I really enjoyed it, man. And then we, uh, I submitted it to the festivals. It did the festival circuit for about a year, year and a half, something like that. It was finished in 2018, last year. No, toward the end of 2017. And then that's when it started sending it out and... It's actually, it still plays conventions and stuff now. It's available now on uh, Kings of Horror Network on the, that their channel on YouTube is doing really well. I think it's pushing like 55,000 views now or something like that. So, yeah, man, it was just, it was a crazy experience. And all, it gave me a chance to do something different too because a lot of the stuff I do is like I play the heavy or I play like usually a villain. My character is not really a villain in this, you know. He's not, not really. He's not like a, not like a, I don't know. He's not like a guy who's going to, you know, beat up your husband or, you know, rape your wife or kill your kid or any of those, you know, those type of characters that I, I get, I get cast a lot to play. And uh, I'm not always going to get cast that way. Most likely by casting directors, it's not up to them. They see you how they see you. So it, mm-hmm. you know, it was refreshing to kind of do something different and rely a little more on dramatic ability, I think, than like facial expressions and reactions as opposed to, uh, as opposed to like, uh, there's not really not a lot of dialogue except for my improv scene at the end with the mirror, where I, I try not to go full uh, Jack Torrance. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the scene that everybody thought, like in festivals and conventions and stuff like that. They come out, they're like, "Man, that scene at the end there, you were really going crazy." I'm like, "Yeah, I appreciate that, man. <laughs> it's fun. Yeah. It's fun stuff." And I, yeah, I always like uh, the element of the unknown. Because you never really find out what's in the box. Like, you really, I don't know, like, it, 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 it gets teased throughout the whole movie. And then, uh, you know, it, it, it leaves you with a lot of questions. And I, I think that's a good thing with movies to where it's not, it's not all blueprinted, laid out for you. It kind of leaves you guessing. Yeah, we that was we yeah we we had that heavily in mind when we were doing that too. We're like, man, it's always better to have people walking out asking as long as they're talking, as long as if they're asking questions, if they're 
because I'll, I'll go to a convention or I'll go to a film festival and there'll be 50, 100, depending on the theater, people in there watching the movies. And afterwards, you come out and you mingle in the lobby a little bit. And you'd be talking with people. And if you had 50, 100 people in the room watching a movie, you'd come out with, you know, 50, 100 different interpretations of what happened. And people would be like, yeah, so when this happened and the guy did that, so this is what this meant, right? Or was that literal? Almost like the Bible, I guess. It's like, was that literal or was that like what happened there? Because there's a lot of metaphors in the movie, too. A lot of stuff that, you know, is obvious. Some of them are obvious, but some of them are uh, kind of catch people off guard. And as long as they talk, you know, we're, we're happy. It's cool. People yeah. come up with an idea of what happened. And, and yeah, we didn't, we figured people are smart. We That's kind of the art house way in a way. You just you don't want to spell everything out. You know, it's one of those movies you pay attention to little things throughout it. Maybe watch it more than once, once or twice, if you have to. And if, uh, you know, you'll be rewarded. You catch up on stuff. You know. Yeah, exactly. It's got a lot of uh, replayability to, uh, you know, when you watch it over again, you, you start picking up on stuff that you didn't pick up the first time or, or so forth. So, yeah, yeah, I, I, we had a blast doing that, man. I, I, I'm really proud with, really happy with how it came out, and the reaction, the, the reaction to it kind of blows my mind, because it's not really a horror film, kind of in a way, like not not exclusively anyway. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I wouldn't I wouldn't consider it an exclusively a horror film, but when Kings of Horror jumped on it and they wanted to pick it up for their site, I was like, yeah, sure, and I wasn't sure how it was going to work out because there's a lot of straight up horror and slasher and stuff like that on that on that channel but uh luckily it, it seemed to have found a good home there yeah well it's definitely like you know you could even say it's like a psychological thriller yeah it's a char- it's more of a character study kind of in a way too like a character study psychological i mean it's it's pretty much a one man show that's what that's what they kind of uh that's what a lot of people have built it as you know it's just right. a day or a, a day or a night or whatever in the in the life of <laughs> of a guy going insane, or is he? Yeah, that is the question. But uh, so um, I know that you're working on uh, the Killer Babes movie right now. Is there anything that you can say about uh, about that film? <laughs> yeah, man, that's one of those movies that you're going to get a kick out of. I mean, you just hear that title, right? You're like killer babes in the frightening film fiasco. That's the raddest title ever. (laughs) Kind of a tongue twister at the end there. Yeah. I say that man is like, once I heard the title, I've been wanting to work with Brett for a while. Brett's a great director. He, uh, all of his stuff that he does, he's like a, I always say it's like his inspirations are are there right in his work. You could tell he's got the Jalo there. He's got, you know, Fulci. He's got a little Romero, very heavily uh, influenced by the uh, Italian films. I was like, man, I got to work with this guy. And then we just kind of caught up on social media and he was like, yeah, I'd like to work with you too. And uh, the time came for this project and he sent me a script and he said, hey, I'd like you to read for these characters. And I said, yeah, sure. And I ended up getting booked for the role of my character's name is Vincent. Who's uh, he's kind of a dick. He's <laughs> like, uh, you know, a little, a little full of himself, I guess. And uh, it's cool, man. I just read it like Night of the Demons. Remember Night of the Demons? Oh, yeah. It's kind of it's kind of a little it's got a little bit of that in there, you know, big, really cool house, big mansion. Uh, Linnea Quigley is obviously in there. 
So that's a nice little throwback that adds to the whole, uh, it, it's horror cred is definitely there. Oh, for sure. Yeah. The, uh, you know, just looking at, uh, the casting it's, it's stacked, man. Yeah. When I got cast, it was maybe, I think it was Lisa and, um, was it Lene? Obviously I think it was made it be the first name announced and then Lisa. And I think, I think Debbie Rashawn was attached that was on at the time as well when I got cast. And then since then, it's been like, you know, Emma Bellamy and Tiffany Shepis and, you know, they're just, you know, Tristan, they're just pulling, pulling these great, great talents in, man. And it's just going to be such a kick-ass flick. <laughs> I can't yeah. wait for it to see it, man. It's going to be really good. Yeah, I, I personally can't wait to check it out, man. It, it It's definitely got my attention. And uh, can't can't wait to to see the final product, man. Yeah, it's in. Uh, obviously, we're taking a break off now for the holidays and stuff like that. But we're uh, picking picking back up. Like I said, I got to fly out in uh, April to finish that up, and, uh, and then I think somewhere in that time it'll wrap up. And then I'm I'm assuming sometime in early 2021 it'll probably be available. Who knows? Maybe even at the end of 2020. I don't know. Might be enough time, depending on how long post production is. You know, it's it's you never know. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, either way, uh, uh, you have to keep me posted if uh, you know. Uh, oh yeah. Um, in the meantime, people could check out either my page, um, Brett Mullins Instagram, and then there's also obviously the uh, there's an Instagram and a Facebook page for it. Yeah. <coughs> uh, the uh, the frightening film fiasco. Is the Instagram page, and oh, for uh, sure. post behind the scenes exclusive. They just did a, they just did an exclusive actually with Dread Central, for their website where they posted exclusive behind the scenes stuff and, uh, they, you know, there's going to be exclusive interviews and all that good stuff, as uh, as it gets closer and closer to the big release, so people can check that out for sure. <laughs> like, uh, so can you at least tell us? Uh... Like, are you actually working with Linnea in scenes or, or any yes. of the other? Yeah, I got a, I got a scene with Linnea. I got a couple scenes with Linnea. Awesome, man. Well, yeah. uh, how, how was it like working with uh, Linnea or some of the other? Oh, it's great. That's, it, but, it, you know, you, you show up and you're just, it's, it's another day at work. You know, it's not like a, like a, a fan really thing. It's just like, man, this is really cool. And you don't even think about it while you're doing it. It's not until later on reflect back a little bit and you're like, man, how cool is that? <laughs> you know, because right. it's they they paved the way to do what we're able to do. And those are the movies we grew up watching, you know, like the Night of the Demons, Return of the Living Dead, all that stuff. You know, to be able to be to be able to be part of that in any way at all is just freaking awesome. You know, that's why we do it, why we got involved in it. <laughs> oh, for sure, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. There's a. Uh... Uh, there's a there's a local film uh, in my area that that got made and it took like seven years for them to make it, yeah. and uh, it's called um, Spring Fever, and it's actually one of the last um, movies that Robert Zar stars in. Oh wow, Maniac Cop, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, you know, it's it's archival footage, you know, when he was able to still act and whatnot. But uh, I was fortunate enough to be a, a zombie extra in it. So, right. um, <laughs> so you know, I guess 
I guess it's kind of cool to say that, yeah, I'm, I'm in a movie with uh, Robert Czar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's uh, that's how I got started out, too, man. My first thing I did, I was a zombie uh, in the Rockabilly Zombie Weekend movie. Mm-hmm. That was the first thing I kind of I did. They they were shooting in Florida and it was like, yeah, you want to come out for Rockabilly Zombie Weekend? And I thought it was a I thought it was a convention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that the way it was oh, marketed, okay. saw the flyer. <laughs> it was like. Okay, there's gonna be some rockabilly music or something, and uh, we'll check it out. And turned out, it was like, now they're shooting a movie. I was like, oh shit! All right, <laughs> I'm a big zombie guy, you know, Romero fan, so I'll check it out. And uh, ended, they ended up, uh, yeah, they ended up uh, making me a, a rockabilly zombie. They featured me regulars like a rockabilly because I had the look, I had the jacket and shit. And then uh, I stayed on for I was on that for a couple weeks, and I just had the time of my life, dude. You just you're you know. At that time, when you're starting out, there's nothing better than being on, no matter what you're doing, an extra grip, PA, whatever you're doing. I was just, you know, just excited to be there. And the zombie makeup, too. I was like, yeah, it's like being a kid. <laughs> yeah. Being but a kid. I, uh, I watched that that a uh, couple weeks ago, and, I, you know, it's actually a pretty well-made movie. I was surprised with, uh, you know, because it, it's not like a big production movie, but with what you guys had and... Uh, you know what you guys put into that movie it you know i was i was impressed yeah they had a pretty good run with that um i mean i, I if i had caught on a couple years later maybe i would have had the opportunity to to read for a, like a role or have a, a bigger part but it was the it was the first thing i did and um but they yeah they had a really good run man they were they were they've been on uh, the l ray network a couple times i've seen them they pop up on there like robert rodriguez's network there yeah yeah, they got a DVD. They've you know Blu-ray, all that good stuff. So yeah, they had a really good run with that, and it's fun. It's just a fun flick, man. I, I haven't seen it probably since the premiere, but I, I remember having a good time. I have good memories, just to to say, I have uh, fond memories of of being on set with that. And the people I've met on that set have gone on to do uh, special makeup effects for other stuff too. Uh, I have a friend Amber who worked on that film who we met in Florida and we've been friends since then. She's done makeup effects for a bunch of stuff too. So awesome, it's man. cool. It's a cool little kind of world, man. The people you meet in this little circle of what we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's sort of a small world in a way too. Yeah. It's crazy. There's not an audition or a project that I'm on or like, especially a project. Uh, we, we just shot a music video not long ago where I play a vampire and the girl, who was doing the effects on me just got done working on the um just got done doing this she's done the uh zombie effects for uh zombie land and zombie land double tap and a bunch of other stuff so it's kind of crazy i knew i was in good hands <laughs> she's oh, giving me the name sure. this makeup and stuff like that yeah really cool for sure um well um let's see we're we're doing pretty good on time. Uh, we're just, just about 34 minutes, so uh, might wrap it up pretty quick. Um, is there? Uh, I mean, I, I would love to have you on the show again, and uh, maybe even um, when Killer Babes releases or something, if you want to help promote that, or uh, you have uh, any other. Uh, film projects in the works or is that one pretty much taking most of your time 
No, the, um, actually, now that that's going to be off for a few months, I, I finish up on this other film that's in post now. I have to actually go back and do some post ADR stuff for a movie called The Fury, which is going to be uh, is a real kick ass old school, almost not. I don't want to say canon films, but uh, it, it's just an old school, uh, violent, action packed crime thriller. Oh, for sure. Which is going to. Yeah, I, I think they put up a trailer. I'll have to shoot you over the trailer. If you want to take a look at that, I mean, I know it's not a horror film, but it's definitely uh, it's definitely probably something you get into. Oh yeah, I, I, I love watching movies, man. <laughs> action. Yeah, yeah, it's action all the way. Doesn't quit, dude. My character, I play a character called the Ghost Killer. He's, oh, uh, yeah, he's not a nice fella. <laughs> Doesn't sound like <laughs> nice. Not not a not a nice guy by any means. Uh, yeah, had a had a really good time doing that. Um, just last night, just did a show called Deadly Cults. Back on that again tomorrow, and uh, I think we break for Christmas, and then I have two more days on that too, which is a new series for uh, a new TV series that they did. I I saw some of the first season. I haven't seen much else, but um, yeah. And then uh, we just wrapped. Or uh, what is it? Uh, it's another cult. one. Yeah, the Deadly Cults, and then I um, I finished back up on Your Worst Nightmare. I got a day on that, with uh, which is going to be really cool. I, I shit, that's it, man. It's like this close to the year. I'm usually taking time off, but <laughs> I get the next couple months, you know, booked up with these uh, you know stuff coming up. So it's really cool to be able to do that. For sure, man. All that stuff should be out early next year. Looking forward to that. Yeah, well, you'll have to keep me posted, and I'm sure you'll keep everybody posted on your social media. And Yeah, oh, yeah, man. I try to get on there at least a couple days a week. I try as best I can. A lot of times, I'll, I'll uh, most of the stuff I put up is from when I'm on location. I try to get mm-hmm. a lot of stuff, or sometimes people will get stuff on set, and they'll send it to me, like the pictures I put up recently were taken by one of the PAs and they, she sent them over to me. I was like, oh, these are really cool. I and mean, she got a lot of behind the scenes stuff, uh, what we're working on. So I was like, oh, perfect. That works. Like, but yeah, killer babes for sure. When we get back on that, uh, I'd like to be able to do something maybe even from location. Mm, that'd be really cool. Well, Hey, uh, I just want to say, I really appreciate you taking time to, to join us on the podcast and, uh, Oh, yeah, no problem, man. Anytime. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I uh, hope you and your family has a, have a uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Oh, yeah. You too, man. <laughs> yes, thank you. And, uh, and uh, when when I uh, do the, the episode, have it up, I'll, I'll put all the links below, like where to, where to follow you at and, uh, you know, some I know uh, some of the movies you're working on have Instagram uh, pages, so I'll even put those on there too. Yeah, and, I'll send them over to you if you need them. Um, I'll send you over a couple links. Um, I think there's the one, obviously mine. You might even have mine. Yeah, you have mine. Um, yeah. And then the Killer Babes one, and then I'll, I'll I'll send you over a couple links if you want to add in there. I'll try to send over the link to Box as well. Um, it's weird sometimes, like. I just did a uh, an interview for Dread Central, and they put up the link to to Box in their on their site, and people were complaining because when they followed the link, it didn't 
like the domain or whatever wasn't opening for them when they followed the link. They actually had to go to the website because it's a it's a monetized site. Obviously, every time it gets so many views, I I, I get a check in the mail for it. So, oh wow, that, that might be why. I just tell people, yeah, just go to the website, go to the go to the YouTube channel, yeah, uh, Kings of Horror, the Kings of Horror uh, Network channel, and find it on there. It's a lot easier. Well, awesome, man. Uh, yeah, again, thanks, thanks for coming on and and talking about some of your films and the projects you're working on, and and uh, we'd, we'd love to have you back on sometime, and uh, you know, maybe talk about some of the future projects that you got going on. Yeah, man, 2020 and 2021 are looking to shape up pretty good too, man. So there should be no shortage of cool stuff coming at you. <laughs> awesome, man. Yeah, anytime. listening to the Root Horror Podcast. If you like this content and would like to hear future episodes, please follow or subscribe. If you dare. <laughs> hey guys, just want to thank you all so much for listening to our podcast. You can email us ideas to talk about or just general feedback at rudehorror at gmail.com or direct message us at rudehorrorpodcast on Instagram. Thank you.